also. Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union label. That's to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome to the Alan Nathan Show, everybody. Silker Joe Show co-host Joe sitting in for Alan today while he finishes up his new book. And we are sitting here live at CPAC. That's why he didn't want to have another guest host or do a rerun or anything like that, because I was already set up to tape my show here, which, strangely, I taped right before this one, even though it airs Saturday. Uh, you can catch it on our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com, Saturday, 12 to 1. But the Alan Nathan Show, you're obviously listening to it right now, 5 to 7 p.m., weeknights. Always happy to pitch in for Alan when he needs it. But if Alan were here with us today, he would give to you his mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedrooms, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. The Alan Nathan Show is a Main Street Radio Network production, and they're in the Alan Nathan Show, that is, is in its 25th year. So congratulations to Alan for 25 years of the show. Look forward to more years of the same success he's had. But we also want to thank the Main Street Radio Network, which is... I think entering its lucky 13th year right now. So hopefully it's a lucky year, not unlucky like the number 13 normally is associated with. But we do want to thank the Mainstream Radio Network because without them, well, this program probably wouldn't have existed for the last 13 years. They have been very kind to us. They have backed us even when some of their sponsors have objected to the content on the program. So we appreciate them standing by us. And we also thank the Salem Radio Network for distributing this show. Mainstream Radio Network can be found at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. And you can also find them on Twitter at MainStreetRadio. And you can find Alan Nathan at alannathan.com or on Twitter at Alan Nathan or on Facebook, posting sometimes under Main Street Radio Network. All right. I do not have pre-written topics for today because today has been hectic. But we are joined right now by our first guest, Sean Song. He is president of the Joy- Jairus Jair- Bible, Bible Word Ministry. All right. I have my Farsight glasses on, so okay. I'm seeing an O and 7 okay. A there. Sorry about that. But, Sean, appreciate you dropping by. How are you today? How are you? I'm yes, doing fine. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, happy to have you. So tell us about your uh, group. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm personally, I'm a Christian minister, but also a member of the uh, New Federal State of China. It's a political movement that organizing millions of people, even hundreds of millions of people, to take down the Chinese Communist Party and build a democratic China that supports uh, religious freedom and, of course, political freedom uh, as well. So, Right. And it's something that, I don't know, Westerners might not be paying too much attention to or might just be totally unaware of just how oppressive the Chinese government is. For folks who uh, will catch my show Saturday, you'll hear a terrific rundown from Nan Su of the Apex Times about how the Chinese government operates. But essentially, the people don't have any input whatsoever as things stand now. Yes. Yes. Uh, so how are you going about uh, correcting it? Because the Chinese government, they're not known for, you know, listening to the public or anything like that. Uh, of course. Uh, I think the uh, Bible tells that there's always been, uh, been a time for this and uh, all the time for plant, the <laughs> time for harvest. I think they have planted so much evil, and it's time to harvest them. And, of course, it's not like a uh, uh, harvest good thing, but their time is ending. Uh, God showed me uh, prophetically many uh, times that CCP is ending and is, uh, God is doing something behind the curtain. I'm a Christian minister, so the Chinese Christians were so uh, persecuted and uh, 
a majority of them were afraid to stand up to say to no, to say no to evil. But now, the God's spirit is put on the Chinese Christian, and we got the bonus. We got the nerve to stand up to join the whistleblower movement. And many Christians are joining this movement to stand uh, up. Uh, to say no to evil, because Jesus said yes is yes, no is no.、Uh, we were not、uh, brave enough to、uh, say no to the evil Chinese、uh, regime, but now Christians are standing up to say no. Good,、uh, and I think it's part of the Christian theology too that、right. plays a factor、right. into this because. With the what the Chinese government wants you to believe, right, right, the right. state is it. The state is all. The government is all. So why would you? Basically, the government is God. Right, right. So、uh, many people misinterpret interpreted、uh, Romans 13 that you have to submit to the government, what,、uh, whether they're doing good or evil. That's a wrong inter- interpretation, in my personal opinion, because、uh, you have to. Uh, Uh, ultimately, submit to the higher authority, which, which is God. And the Chinese、uh, Communist Party has been perse-、uh, persecuting Christian severely in the last few years.、Uh, I think you all see the media: the、uh, cross was taken down, and people were、uh, put into、uh, prison.、Uh, not only Christian or stand up, but regular people, all kinds of from all kinds of walks of life, all kinds of faith. They all join together、uh, in this movement. I heard、uh, several hundred millions of people are following、uh, new federal state of China.、Uh, personally, uh, I, I felt God、uh, spoke to me a couple, a number of times that this is of Him. Eventually, this time it will take down the Chinese Communist Party.、Uh, the Great Revival is coming to China, so the Chinese Church must come above the ground. No longer hiding in the ground because the severe winter is for a season to、uh, help us to take down the roots. But now the spring is coming, then the church has to stand up. The people has to have the nerve to、uh, stand and say no to evil. And、uh, we are taking down the Chinese Communist Party, and we will do it. Well, how can folks sitting over here in America support your group?、Uh, Many people, including like I'm a, uh, a naturalized American citizen,、mm-hmm. uh, like I told you earlier, I was because I I, 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 I I had a doctor ministry degree from United Theological Seminary from Dayton, Ohio. I was only planning to do some ministry work in the Christian circle, but God hijacked me, spoke through me.、Mm-hmm. You have to、uh, join this fight for justice. Even not every member. Of this movement is Christian, but a lot of Christian felt God's calling to join this movement. So, all walks of life are waking up together, especially in China, because of the severe、uh, COVID lockdown, lockdown. People were burned up. They have the white paper movement. People, general people, are waking up. They are fed up with the Chinese、uh, Communist Party, and they had this enough. So, Chinese people are waking up, and. We stand、uh, with the cons- conservative value. America,、uh, America, of course, is our model. We want to build a country with every、uh, person has one vote, and we support religious freedom and political freedom. We don't force other、uh, person to believe, but we definitely want to、uh, learn from America, build a democratic country. I'm sure I speak for everyone listening. We hope this succeeds one day. We hope for the day where China no longer oppresses its own people. And the fact that it's happening right now, after gee whiz, all these years,、uh, right. they, they've had the oppression since the,、uh, the communist movement finally won out in the late '40s. So it's just been a very long time coming. Right. 
that's that's yeah you're absolutely right but this time is、uh, the tide is changing you see、uh, the American policy the tide is changing、uh, I'm not sure if I, I can say this but uh, uh, I'm I'm a personal supporter of Donald J Trump when the、uh, election was over I pray earnest to God God give me some revelation that's telling me that's a delayed victory so、uh, I think the conservative value in America is、uh, back to to the United States and. It's like a train. So if、uh, America is the leader of the nations, so when you have a, a government that promote freedom,、uh, including freedom of religion, it's like a locomotive. It's a they are the, the head of the train. They're taking to a direction. This direction will lead the great revival、uh, coming、uh, to all over the world.、Uh, if you have a government that is opposing the gospel, opposing. This uh, fundamental uh, value of America, then you go to the world is going to the different uh, uh, direction. So we are in the in the probably in、uh, in the other side of the train. We are America is the head of the train. So we are following you guys. If you go into the wrong direction, it's going to affect us. So we definitely、mm-hmm. want to help、uh, America to get to on the right track. We all hope that we do go on the、yeah. right track and. This, it's, historically, America has been a setter like that, trendsetter like that, right, right. because I'm thinking back、uh, after the Revolutionary War, the French who helped us out here, they went back home and they saw the oppression that the monarchy was doing, and they thought, well, gee whiz, we just helped these guys liberate themselves. Why don't we do the same thing here? Right, right. Now, what happened in France was, after that was kind of horrific. Right, right, right. <laughs> But right.、Uh, they still got the idea to at least start something from us. Right, right, right. So, yeah, hopefully. What goes on in China follows the right path and not the, the right, French right. Revolution path. Yeah,、uh, also、uh, study the history of American independence.、Uh, I found something interesting.、Uh, you know, even similar to our situation, one third of people were loyal to a British government,、mm-hmm. and one third don't care, indifferent, and only one third of people join the fight. So always a sm- small number of people who hold down the value, who stand for fight, they will change this history. It is like a Gideon, three、uh, hundred men. They eventually will win the victory.、Uh, that's、uh, my hope for America and my prayer for America. America, America will win. America will be safe. America will be strong.、Uh, America will be greater again because that's God's plan, not only for America but for the world.、Uh, well, God bless you, sir. We have about twenty seconds left here, so if you want to give our listeners your website again. Yeah,、uh, my website is gbwm. dot org gbwm at m at ministry, yeah.、Uh, All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you for being here. And listeners, we'll have more Alan Nathan show coming right up after this break. So stick with us. You may have never heard of it, but C. difficile or C. diff infection is a highly contagious bacterial infection that the U.S. CDC declared a major public health threat, which results in an estimated half a million infections each year. C. diff infection takes hold in the gut microbiome, and debilitating symptoms may include stomach pain, nausea, fever, and severe diarrhea. If you get C. diff infection once, Dr. Dennis Durrell, executive director of Hospital Medicine American Physician Partners LLC, says there's a good chance it will come back. Up to 35% of people who get a C. diff infection may get it again. This is called a recurrence. After that first recurrence, up to 65% may get C. diff again. Rebiota is the first and only FDA-approved microbiome-based treatment to prevent recurrent C. diff infection after you've taken antibiotics for recurrent C. diff infection. It's a single-dose treatment administered in minutes during one visit to your doctor's office. 
Talk to your doctor to find out if Rebiota is right for you. To learn more, visit rebyota.com. Rebiota Fecal Microbiota Live JSLM is indicated for the prevention of recurrence of Clostridioides difficile C. diff infection in individuals 18 years of age and older following antibiotic treatment for recurrent C. diff infection. Limitation of use. Rebiota is not indicated for the treatment of C. diff infection. Important safety information. You should not receive Rebiota if you have a history of a severe allergic reaction, e.g. anaphylaxis, to Rebiota or any of its components. You should report to your doctor any infection you think you may have acquired after administration. Rebiota may contain food allergens. Most common side effects may include stomach pain, 8.9%, diarrhea, 7.2%, bloating, 3.9%, gas, 3.3%, and nausea, 3.3%. Rebiota has not been studied in patients below 18 years of age. Clinical studies did not determine if adults 65 years of age and older responded differently than younger adults. You are encouraged to report negative side effects of prescription drugs to FDA. Visit fda.gov forward slash medwatch or call 1-800-332-1088. Please visit rebiota.com for full prescribing information. Dear John, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but you've left me no choice. I'm leaving. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious, and lately you seem to really not care. I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart and don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. For help keeping yours at a healthy range, text PRESSURE to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. Accessible homes and vehicles. And access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans' organization has provided more real-time Ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. All right, welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show by Soaker Joe Show. Co-host Joe filling in for Alan today while he's off working on his book. We are in for a double treat here. We have Congressman Ralph North, Republican out of South Carolina, old friend of the show, member of the House Rules Committee, Committee on the Budget and the Financial Service Committee. But we are also joined by Horace Cooper, senior fellow with the National Center for Public Policy Research and co-chairman of their Project 21 National Advisory Board. So I want to welcome you all to the show. How are you today? Great to be with you. I'm excited about this. The CPAC, I've been coming for years, and it's so great to see people gathered here that are fighting for liberty. They recognize how great this country is and why it ought to be maintained. All right. So, um, Congressman, what are your impressions of this? 
event so far? Well, as Horace said, what is so great is to see this many people who love this country. They're willing to, they could be anywhere. They're here today uh, and tomorrow for the conference. They'll fight for America. And um, it's just encouraging. It gives us encouragement as elected officials to fight even harder and to take the case to them. And they're involved in every level. And they're getting the voice back, which is desperately needed, particularly at this time. Absolutely. <laughs> I said that myself. In fact, I hope I do very little talking. Uh, you all started talking in the middle of the segment. You are turns out you're fans of each other's work. Is that right? Well, like, I'm his fan. I don't know about the other <laughs> way around, but it doesn't matter to me because the congressman has been doing what we say in Texas, the Lord's work. Somebody's got to stand up and tell those people in Washington the truth, and he's been doing it. Well, Harsh just had a quote uh, that I like that Americans will give China the rope to hang Americans, and that's exactly what's ha- happening. That's what he's fought for uh, against China and showing the American people we can't keep this path. We've got to get totally dependent on the country that is not our friend. They're our enemy. And I think uh, what if, if not now, then when? But now people are waking up. You can see by the crowds. You can see by the excitement that people are ready to fight, and Horace has led the fight in his world. I'm leading the fight in my world. I'm a big fan of his, and we're going to keep doing what we're doing, even more so. All right. So I know that Alan Nathan is a big fan of uh, free markets. I'm a small government guy. The congressman's a small government guy. But we want to make sure everybody understands that that comes with some limits. You don't say to the guy that's trying to kick your door down, hey, I got some eggs out back. If you want to buy a dozen, I'll sell them to you in the hope that the guy kicking your door down will say, well, it's trade with us and we'll get along very well. Sometimes when people are coming to kick your door down, you've got to turn around and say, I got a shotgun here because that's what we do here in Texas. But I want to make it clear. I love the French. I love the Brits. I love the Germans. You want to sell goods to them? I'm for it. If they want to sell goods to us, I'm for it. But when you talk about the Chinese, they used to send us toothpaste with diesel fluid in it. They're the the world's largest supplier of fentanyl that's killing our people. They let our our companies go to their country and they tell them you're going to do this or make this change and in fact they must kiss the CCP ring. That's not free trade and a small government conservative needs to line up and say we know who the enemy is and we're going to stand up and protect America from that enemy. And what, what this president, this administration has done is disarm America. We've, we've seen it in, in every level of his executive orders, spending money on to secure the border of other countries instead of the United States, uh, to hire 87,000 IRS agents to harass the, uh, the taxpayer, uh, to spending money to build brand-new FBI buildings. Give me a break. Uh, it's time to fight, and I think now we're realizing the runway is pretty short. We don't have a short, we don't have a long time to do this. And the path we have been on in both Republican and Democrat uh, administrations is unacceptable. And now we're willing to take our country back, start cutting regulations, have a budget, a 10-year balanced budget that we can live under uh, and get out of debt. And we intend to do that, and that's part of what the 20 of us did 
to insist on a 10-year balanced budget, among so many other things that's going to help America. Yeah, and the China issue seems to be a very big thing at this event because so far, you know, I taped my show right before this one, even though it airs Saturday, and two of the guests on about China. And um, as Congressman Norman was walking up, the guest who was just leaving, Sean Sung, he was on about uh, what's going on in China. There's a lot of concern about what's going on in China and the Biden administration. Uh, they seem not to care at all. They seem to be taking every step to make us look weak in China's eyes. Oh, well, they're rolling out the red carpet for China. They're saying to the CCP, oh, did we hurt your feelings? We're sorry about that. Look, millions of people on this planet and hundreds of thousands of people in America were killed by a virus that was cooked up in China. China hasn't apologized. China hasn't taken responsibility for it. In fact, China was propagandizing that this was something that America had created. This is not what friends do. They are not our strategic partner. They are an adversary, and we have to be very, very careful about that. I, you know what, this cap I'm wearing, it doesn't have a Made in China label on it, but I don't care too much about a t-shirt, but I am gonna tell you why are we integrating our most significant and sensitive technology companies into China. There is absolutely no reason that Apple is operating in China. We're making them stronger, and it is now a new facility that the Chinese government is going to be funding in Michigan? Because we're so captured by the EV agenda of, uh, uh, of the eco-warriors in America that we're willing to subsidize the CCP in this way. The Congress is right. Weak weak and it puts us all in jeopardy well look at what they've done in tiktok that's just surveillance look at what they've done on the balloon in south carolina they were over duke power company they were over shaw air force base and to shoot them down after they've been operating for seven days and what's as a general mentioned to us to shoot them down over the atlantic ocean salt water and retrieving electronic surveillance does not work when it's on the bottom of the ocean now, Montana, there is a, if we can, for them to say they couldn't find a place that wouldn't kill people, you may kill, I mean, how stupid do they think we are? You may kill an antelope or a buffalo. What about Alaska? I mean, it's, it's ludicrous. And so uh, we're calling attention to it, and that's why the committees have got subpoena power. We will call people uh, at every level, and we, we can't just call them and interview them. We've got to have consequences for them. They can't. As Hillary Clinton got away, we cannot let these people get away. they got to have consequences. Not at all. Hillary Clinton wasn't even held in contempt of Congress. She openly lied under oath about having nothing marked classified in her emails. Skated away, no problem. Yeah, and that can't, can't continue. We're not going to let that happen. No. The congressman is standing up right here. He's telling the American people the truth. There has to be accountability. You can't let this continue. And this goes in so many things. It's been a train wreck horses you've seen. It's been a train wreck since he came into office. A lot of it, to be honest, is going to be hard to walk back, like the invasion at the border. we got 5 million people that we know of, probably going up to 15. South Carolina has a population of 5.2 million. We're, going, we're talking about illegals taking advantage of our government, uh, our system of welfare that they're getting on voting, which is what the left is wanting to do. And every budget, every municipality, every city and county will be affected by 
trying to absorb this population, which for the Democrats, it's just about power, maintaining power and votes. All right, Congressman Norm, I appreciate being on the Alan Nathan Show. Horace Cooper as well. Listeners, stick with us. From NAACP Image Award-nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common, but after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons-obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled-up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? Author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. The new Mayo Clinic diet has been named among the top diets by U.S. News and World Report. Dr. Donald Hensrud, medical director of the Mayo Clinic Healthy Living Program, explains what makes their program so effective. Our new Mayo Clinic diet, built by a team of doctors and medical experts, focuses less on counting calories and more on empowering users with the knowledge and ability to maintain a healthy weight. Members get access to exclusive content and videos from real Mayo Clinic doctors, healthy recipes, tracking tools, and the popular Habit Optimizer that helps users substitute old unhealthy habits with healthier ones, all through a mobile app. Instead of fad diets or crash diets that rarely work for very long, our book and online program and app helps you adopt principles for a healthier way of life, which is really the secret to long-term success. Curious to know how healthy your diet is? The Mayo Clinic has an easy three-minute quiz. Go to mayoclinicdiet.com to find out. Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Ugh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. The forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Play puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. 
so you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny, when I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes, When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM. So can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show, everybody. Again, coming to you live from CPAC, Silk or Joe Show. Co-host Joe filling in for Alan today while he finishes up his book. Apparently he had some kind of deadline that he totally forgot about. I remembered, of course, because I remember him saying he had to be done with something or other by March. But then come March 1st, I'm talking with him. He's acting like he has nothing to do (laughs) under the sun. But uh, here we are now at CPAC with Gabriel Lannis. He is with the Ready for Ron pack and might be violating a rule by having two people from the same organization on two segments in a row because one of his uh, cohorts might be on the next segment. But, Gabriel, happy to have you right now. How are you today? Thank you for having us. I'm doing great. Welcome uh, to CPAC, I guess. All right. And while our assistant here is trying to catch my ear, uh, give us a little bit about Ready for Ron. Well, we've, uh, we started up here in, in, in a May of last year way before the uh, the uh, uh, midterm elections where, where people most people weren't thinking about 2024 but uh, we quickly realized that the Democrats weren't waiting and we couldn't either <clears throat> we saw some numbers we, we, we liked what uh, Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida a lot of us are, are based out of Florida um, and many people were moving to Florida but unfortunately we can't all move uh, to the Sunshine State so we decided to start this organization to bring together some petition signatures and draft Ron DeSantis to run for president. I can tell you that last year alone, in the midst of a midterm election, we had over 125,000 petition signatures, and we're now well over 200,000. So uh, we're really happy where, where, where things are at. And we're still early in CPAC at this time. It's... Uh you know, as we're recording, folks, spoiler alert, this isn't live. It's actually 1236 in the afternoon on the first day of CPAC, Thursday, March 2nd, which means I recorded my show 11 to 12 a.m. or 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. So spoiler alert on that, folks listening to it on Saturday at noon. Uh, but what, we're still early, as I said. It only started at 7 this morning. What's your impression so far as to the reception that Ron DeSantis might be getting? Uh, much better than I thought. Uh, I, I, the enthusiasm for Ron has been through the roof. Every time we mention his name to folks, um, you see them light up. It doesn't even matter if they're in conservative states. I hear them say, oh, I wish he was our governor. Um, so I think the, the the natural progression for me was, well, imagine if he was president. And everybody, oh, well, yeah, that would be a great idea. Mm. I said, yeah, what a, what a difference it would be from this disastrous Biden administration, huh? Mm. Um, so it had been very welcoming. And now i got to ask you about this because it happened. George Soros came out saying something like he's okay with Ron DeSantis or whatever. 
Uh, do you think it's just a ploy on his part trying to drive people toward a candidate he would find more unelectable? Or is you know 40 chess on his part? Well, I, w- I, I didn't know that he actually came out and said that. Uh, I would love to believe that, uh, that George Soros has seen the error of his ways in his 90s here and has su- suddenly become a staunch conservative. I'm not going to hold my breath and, and hope at that because there's, no, there's nothing in his, in his 90-something-odd years on this earth that, uh, that would uh, show that, he, <laughs> that he's some, somewhat even has some inkling of conservatism in his blood. So I'm sure he's just trying to stir up uh, a mess if, if, if he's going around saying that. Okay, it was uh, actually praise for Ron DeSantis as opposed to an outright endorsement. Just reading ahead wow, this week. Wow, maybe he has seen the uh, the errors of his ways, and and maybe now he's going to throw some money into the conserv- for conservatives. That'd be quite a, a quite a, th- a one eighty from for him. Mm-hmm. But we're all redeemable, I guess. Yeah, well, it could also just be what they were doing, what back in twenty sixteen with Donald Trump, where. And also what they've done in 2020 with some of the midterm candidates, where they pick the ones they think have the least chance of winning, and they start backing them, trying to push them to the front of the campaigns, with thinking, oh, this this will be a squash match once the election comes around. The Democrats going to win soundly. Well, I I I highly highly hope that that's not what they're doing. Um, If it is what they're doing, well, you know. There's, I, I, I don't want to speak ill of folks, but there's a lot of things to say about George Soros, and I'd rather keep it PG. <laughs> yeah, well, you can uh, at least describe some of his uh, what he's doing because your colleague is here, and I'm just going to wave her on down to take a seat. Uh, sure. So one of the things is that George Soros is funding a lot of these folks who are going around the country uh, protesting. You always wonder. I, I, I was lucky enough to work for President Trump in, uh, in the 2016 campaign, and during these conventions, we would see buses of folks come in. Um, nobody knows who paid for the buses. Nobody knows where they came from. They would be there protesting. You'd say, "Wow, a lot of folks really hate President Trump," uh, but we know that they were being bussed in from all over the country. Who was funding it? We don't know. We can only surmise. But well. Yeah, we can only hope as well that uh, nothing nefarious here is going on. Although, you know, it could backfire. Endorsing Ron DeSantis, throwing all your money behind him, he might actually win. And then, boom, they're stuck with what they bought and have severe buyer's remorse. That's what happened with Trump in 2016. Well, I think you see by watching MSNBC, which I do, I watch the opposition more so than I watch our side. I think that's how you learn about what they are thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, The Young Turks, whatever it might be, I I watch all their shows. And it seems like they have, just like they had Trump derangement syndrome, they have this obsession with Ron DeSantis. They call him Death Santis, of course, because he didn't impose all these draconian rules in Florida. Um, they, they're, always try, they're always trying to paint him in a negative light. Oh, the, ty- the tyrant. Um, and and they're, they're, every issue that he does, which Republicans, of course, pl- applaud and is being used in his legislative session as a blueprint around the country, uh, they attack. And I think there's something to be said about that. They're not, they're not attacking uh, other folks in other states. They're, they definitely have their sights on. The only governor it seems that they have their sights on is Ron DeSantis. So I think there's something to be said about that for the folks that do watch CNN and can stomach it. <laughs> what I am able to, um, I think it's important to, to see what it is that the left is saying. I'll tell you what, I guess it runs in the family because myself and my mom, we can watch maybe five seconds of that stuff and then just go, no, can't stomach it anymore. Uh, she was, my mom, she ended up having to watch a few minutes of The View because she oh. was uh, being a, working as a care worker for somebody. And they just happened to be watching that. And she was just like, oh, I can't watch this. And, and you know, she's actually a moderate. She, I, she may have voted for Hillary Clinton back in 2016. You know, she's a pretty well moderate. But just the Democrat Party has just gone so far overboard. 
Yeah, they've gone so far to the left. I mean, the view in particular is nauseating. I don't think that even I, as someone who's been doing this for a long time, can sit, sit and stomach the view. I do see the clips on YouTube, and I, I, I quickly, you know, after a few seconds in, I turn it off. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think I think you're right. Um, a lot of these folks, if if you start to look at what CNN and, and the MSNBCs and, and well MSNBC in particular, where they were even 10 years ago, as opposed to now, they've driven a lot of folks away from the Democrat Party, and even fairly recently by going with a lot of this woke garbage. Uh, I'll keep hearkening because I'm from Florida. Uh, Florida was historically a purple state. As you know, it's gone Republican, it's gone Democrat. Uh, We had statewide uh, Democrat electeds. Um, What's happened in the last four years only? Well, it went from being a purple state to a red state with not a single Democrat statewide elected candidate. And very few on school boards, very few even in municipal uh, around the states, municipalities around the state. So I think people are getting sick and tired of it, even in states that people might have possibly in the past thought, like, oh, this is a liberal state. Um, we might be able to see here as time goes on, a lot of states come back our way. I wouldn't be surprised to see states like Colorado uh, come back into play. Uh, but I do think people are, are getting tired, sick and tired, and we might actually pull off some of these states. Washington State is getting closer, seems uh, the poor people in Seattle, how much they're suffering out there. Um, I think Oregon might be too far gone, but we, should, we shouldn't overlook them because there are a lot of people suffering in those states. And they, Like I said, they all can't move down to, 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 to Florida. Right. So in effect, though, that seems to be an advantage that Ron DeSantis would have going into the election. The, uh, everyone wants to move to Florida. Well, just make America Florida, as you kind of mentioned earlier. I've seen the bumper stickers, make America Florida. I've seen them whenever I travel outside the state, which is interesting to me because most people in Florida, when you live it, you don't understand how well you have it if you don't, if you don't, if you don't particularly come from outside the state. I was one of these tens of thousands of people who've moved in or lived there full, full, uh, or haven't lived there for, for your entire life. Um, but yeah, I, I see it incre- increasingly the appetite for Ron DeSantis as a common sense conservative. He's not going out there saying crazy things. The left is going out there saying crazy things. What's wrong with fighting against the indoctrination of our children in the classroom? By the way, it's a grand design. People don't think about this. Everybody, oh, he he doesn't then don't say gay bill, which is uh, of course never in in the bill. But he brings up a very important thing uh, in in this next 10, 15 years: data analytics, programming. Uh, a, a, a number of these high technical skills we're going to need in the workforce. And kids are, meanwhile, when you look at the, what they're being educated in a lot of these other states, um, it's turning their brains into mush rather than focusing on arithmetic, on, on reading, writing. Um, they're focusing on revisionist woke uh, history and, and uh, critical uh, race theory. And it's pretty ridiculous. And I think parents, even Democrat ones, are very worried over their, uh, over their kids and um, by the way, that's that's why we saw a huge swing for DeSantis. You know, he won by ninety thousand votes his first election, and won by over well over a million votes second go around. It's not everybody moving from New York. Um, it's a lot of people who consider themselves Democrat who went into the bo- voting booth and said. I, I, I just can't stand with the Democrats anymore. This has gone way too far. Mm-hmm. So slowly we're seeing Americans come back our way. I'm very optimistic uh, about what we're doing in the conservative movement as a whole. Um, and I think we're going to be really successful here in 2024. All right. Well, here's hoping that you are. And 
Uh, Gabriel Lanus, thank you. I was about to call you George. I don't know why. Thank you for having us. George, whatever it is, just visit readyforron.com and sign the petition. I appreciate you stopping by the Al Nathan Show. And listeners, he was just a stop by. I don't have his name sitting in front of me like I usually do, so that's why I screwed it up. We got thank more you Al guys. Nathan Show coming up after this break, so stick with us. In December, LastPass, a popular app for managing passwords, suffered a security breach, potentially exposing millions of people's personal information. When a business created to protect passwords gets hacked, it's a reminder how vulnerable our sensitive information can be when stored in the cloud. And for businesses who need to protect data, security is a top concern. To help prevent security risks, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud recently introduced a password manager. Jump Clouds Antoine Jabara. Businesses cannot always rely on an offline solution as users need to share and access passwords across multiple devices, and cloud based options aren't ideal either. Jump Cloud Password Manager takes a hybrid approach, storing data on users' devices and seamlessly syncs user vaults to multiple devices in an end to end encrypted way. This addresses some of the limitations of cloud based systems and bridges the gap between convenience and security. To learn more, visit jumpcloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you wanna support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes, their age, the way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got, got his first, first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light 
drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year, remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting paralyzed veterans of America. Our vets need you. I'm a quadriplegic. I'm definitely at risk with my diminished lung capacity. I have MS. I'm in a wheelchair, and I can't leave the house because I have a compromised immune system. I'm very concerned about would there be a bed for me? Would there be a ventilator for me? Would I be able to survive something? It's, it's just heavy. You know, it's, it's a heavy... It's a heavy moment. This is a war. This really is. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. I am so grateful for the PVA. They're making sure that we have all of the food and supplies that we need right now. We all got to help each other right now. We can't get through this by ourselves. It's with profound gratitude that you're going to be saving our lives. To find out how you can help, please go to helppva.org. That's H-E-L-P-P-V-A dot org. Welcome back to the Al Nathan Show. Thank you for sticking with us through this hour. Silker Joe Show co-host Joe filling in for Alan today live at CPAC. Of course, being live at CPAC means we're recording at 12.50, even though this is airing at 5.50 in the evening, but that's okay. I'm vi- I violated one of the rules of the show by mentioning that. I'm going to violate a second one here because we have a different guest from the same organization in the same hour of the same show, no less. We are joined now by Lillian Rodriguez-Baz. She is one of the founders and legal counsel for the Ready for Ron PAC. Lillian, appreciate you being here. How are you today? Hey, Joseph. I'm good. Good. How are you? I am doing all right. Thank you. A little frazzled, but getting there. <laughs> so I understand this is your first CPAC. What are your impressions? Oh, wow. So there's so many people here. It looks like we had a very good turnout. Um, not that I can compare it to anything in the past, because like I said, this year is my first year here. But no, it's very exciting. It's it's brimming with with a lot of energy, and uh, it's it's what I expected, actually. All right, cool. Well, on the other side, though, you have a courtroom drama coming up about uh, Ready for Ron. Tell us about it. Yeah, so um, I'm actually, I'm, I'm an attorney in Florida, but um, I, I'm in D.C. not only for CPAC this week, but we had our oral arguments in a, a pending lawsuit that we have against the Federal Election Commission, and it's right here in the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia. So earlier in the week, we attended court, and we had our oral arguments on a motion for preliminary injunction. So I'll save you guys all of the, the legalese that nobody really cares about. So in common parlance, the, the lawsuit is essentially about... Um, the FEC trying to regulate political speech um, and and arguing that it is subject to the FECA's contribution limits. Um, And the intent behind that is to preclude Ready for Ron uh, from sharing the list of signatories that we're collecting uh, with Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, So it's, you know, it's it's essentially a big First Amendment case. They kind of want to make it about federal campaign finance law, but this is a this is all about political, uh, protected political uh, speech under the First Amendment. 
Yeah, it's amazing the the roadblocks that they're going to try and put up to stop Ron DeSantis from running. I guess they really are concerned about him being a viable candidate. Yeah, and I mean, I would be too if I were the left. Uh, so, but, but we're doing everything in our power, um, and you know, there's no decision that's been handed down uh, thus far. Like I said, we had our oral arguments this week, so you know, we expect something to come down maybe in the next month, hopefully earlier. But you know, there's no telling. But we'll we'll keep you guys posted. All right, is this the first legal hurdle that you faced, or have they tried to pull the rug out from under your arrow? Well, where this all originated was, before there was even a lawsuit, um, we went to the Federal Election Commission, and we asked them to issue an advisory opinion um, regarding whether we could actually go ahead and share this list of signatories. So we kind of got ahead of the game, and, and we wanted them to sort of guide us um, with respect to whether there were any roadblocks, any legal roadblocks, with respect to the permissibility of us going ahead and giving this list of signatories to Ron DeSantis. So they issued an advisory opinion um, per our request. They kind of did not give us an, an opinion uh, with respect to one portion of what we asked, but with respect to the other portion they did. And essentially what they what they decided is, you know, it's, it's against federal election campaign finance law because um, what you're giving to Ron DeSantis is a thing of value. It's subject to, again, the contribution limits under the and we completely uh, disagree. Um, and again, this was um, what, what we did was just out of an abundance of caution, just because this is such a very heavily regulated area of constitutionally protected activity. Um, we, we just kind of wanted an advisory opinion from them. Um, but we disagree with the outcome of the advisory opinion that they issued. And we took it to court. And so hopefully the court will see it um, in, you know, our way. And we're just waiting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of ironic, too, that uh, they would stop you all from giving a thing of value to him like this because, well, as I recall, the left has been opposed to the, you know, the super PACs and all that forming up. They would seem to be that they would want to be in favor of grassroots organizations getting together instead of, you know, absolute super PACs and all that. But this is a hurdle against the smaller ones who might not have the attorneys to navigate the new, the legal system or anything like that. Yeah. And it's 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 frightening. It has uh, the potential of having a very chilling effect. If um, you know the Federal Election Commission can regulate and tell people who they can and cannot support, I mean uh, that that's nothing short of chilling. Actually, that is something that I have seen proposed. I forgot the congressman's legislation it was out of Tennessee, I think, and it was a Democrat. And his idea was he, he passed it several. He tried to get it through several times uh, through several sessions of Congress, where basically the federal government would decide who gets to be a candidate at the federal level. And it was, I, I don't know, Congress would appoint some committee or staff or whatever to figure that out, or probably Democrats would just be running it, or the Democrat bureaucrats running the country at this time. So this is not the first time that there's been an attempt to get the federal level to try and decide it. And I think that probably cropped up back then just to stop Bernie Sanders and stop Donald Trump and all that. So it would never happen again. It would always be the party's choice. Turn us into, well, basically China with us having no control over the candidates. Yeah. And I think that that's really, that's, that's, the, you, you nailed, you nailed it. I mean, that's the significance of this lawsuit. We hope, we hope to get some clarity and we hope to get some very clear precedent in place so that, you know, these kind of shenanigans don't continue. Because what we're doing here at the PAC is essentially grassroots. You know, it's a draft petition uh, movement. And we're trying to get people to, to sign a petition. The people that are signing the petition are exercising their right of free association. Um, that's protected. Um, so again, the the FEC's attempt to try to turn this into well, it's you know subject to contribution limits and federal campaign finance law. It's a pure First Amendment issue, um, and hopefully, like I said, the court will see it our way. Which is why we were so adamant about bringing this lawsuit because we know that this is not the first time that something like this has happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, this does raise a concern, at least with me, though. 
at some point, uh, they could. Is there any way they could possibly drag this out? Does the court have a definite date that they need to get a decision back to you? Because I know one of the legal things people do is you drag it out. So if this lawsuit is going on through next year, well. There you go. There goes the presidential race. Yeah. Well, you know, luckily, federal court does not play. Federal judges do not play. There are very, very strict deadlines. Any any attorney who practices in federal court knows that the court is very organized and it's very strict about meeting its deadlines. So there's not going to be gamesmanship as far as trying to, uh, you know, pull a lot of delay tactics to, to drag this out. Um, so I, I don't foresee that happening. I think we should get a resolution rather quickly. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's good. You know, you want to keep Ron DeSantis on the ballot for next year. Yeah. And it's, it seems to be like a tactic that they're trying to do with Trump as well. Just throw as many legal hurdles as you can at him. I, gee whiz, there was like, what, some people in Congress talk about trying to do stuff to make it illegal for him. Like, pass, like, I don't know if they like, called it the Insurrection Act or whatever, where anyone involved couldn't run for office, which yeah. would exclude not just Trump, but a bunch of other people in Congress right now. Yeah. Well, we know we know that in the in the world that we're living in, in the twilight zone that we're living in, uh, wrongdoings are actually not prosecuted, and the people that are actually doing the principled things are the ones being you know that that, that have a target on their back, and they're the people that are you know constantly at risk of uh, getting sued. And uh, yeah, it's it's just kind of like a sign of the times. Nothing new. <laughs> Yeah, nothing new under the sun. All right, so we got about 30 seconds left or so here. Where can we find out more about Ready for Ron? Oh, you guys can go to www.readyforron.com. It's open to anybody and everybody. Uh, sign our draft petition and support Ron DeSantis for 2024. All right, Lillian Rodriguez-Bobs, appreciate you being on the Alan Nathan Show today. She is one of the founders and legal counsel for the Ready for Ron PAC. And listeners, appreciate you tuning in to the Alan Nathan Show as well. You can find out more about it at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. My show, The Silker Joe Show, is up there as well. Be seeing you. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.